I kind of been torn what to talk about this morning. It's one of those where I, I, I just didn't settle. And you know, I had a couple of things I was going to say, and I was going to talk about Jesus' return. but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about what gets us ready for Jesus' return. Because that's what matters. Ultimately, he is Lord, King, Judge, Conqueror, Saviour, Lamb upon the throne. So I'm going to delve into some of the stuff he's been talking to me about. And some of you kind of get little bits of this journey because I occasionally send you like a little text or a song or, or something like that. And uh, because it's not a journey that you want to do alone. Let me, let me start with a question. It's not a trick question. It's a question Jesus asked. He asked the question in Matthew 16. In fact, he asks it in all the Gospels. So it's an important question. You know, some people have all sorts of ideas about what question Jesus is going to ask them when they appear in heaven. Or they appear before the judgment throne. And some people think Jesus is going to ask them, were you a believer? Were you a Christian? Or he's going to ask them, how, there's, there's this thing, how well did you learn to love? And there's truth in all of that. It's good stuff, isn't it? But here's the question Jesus is going to ask you. It's the same question as he asked the disciples. And he said to them, who do people say that I am? And people have all sorts of opinions about who Jesus is. And in that day, they had this idea that he might be John the Baptist come back from the dead. Or Elijah. Or one of the other prophets. They all had an idea about who Jesus was. And in this world that we have out there, People have ideas about who Jesus is. But in this world out there, Jesus is an inconvenience if they meet him. If they think about who he is, he becomes inconvenient. And we don't like inconvenience in our world. That's why COVID hit us so hard. Because we didn't like being uncomfortable. So when they asked them that question, they reverted to like, oh, I, I hope it's John the Baptist. I really like John the Baptist. I like all that goat hair stuff and that eating locust stuff and him dunking people in the river. That was kind of cool. Or perhaps Elijah's going to call down fire from heaven and get rid of those nasty Romans. And Jesus said, 
really though, I'm not interested in who others say I am. This is the question I'm going to ask you. Who do you say I am? Who was I to you? Who is Jesus to you? Is he Lord? Is he Saviour? Is he King? Do you follow him? Do you hear his voice and listen to him and do what he asks? Is he your priority? Because Peter comes out, and I love that it's Peter. I'm guessing the other, the, the other 11 didn't want to put their heads up at that point. And Peter just blurts it out, you're the Christ, the Messiah. That's who you are to me, Jesus. You're the king, you're the promised king. The one who will reign over all, the one who eternity is about, the one who is all in all and everything was made for your glory. And I, I have this incredible privilege, Jesus, that I get to follow you. I get to hear your voice. I get to know you. I get to love you and be loved by you. So that's who you are, Jesus. And Jesus says this. He said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Now, it's, it's really interesting what he says, because people think that that, some people think that rock is Peter. And in a sense, it is. Because he's got it. And what Jesus actually says, when you look at it in the original language, he says, oh, and, and he, because he renames Simon, Peter. And the word he uses for Peter is Petros, which means little rock, little pebble, little pebble. And then he says, on this Petra, big rock, I'm going to build my church. He's saying, Peter, you're the first pebble that's going to build the mountain. And here's the big thing, Peter. I'm going to build it. I'm going to build my church. So the big question is, the question of the ages for everyone is, who do you say I am to you? Am I someone that I can build my church with? Are you that person? Are you that person? You know, Joyce, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Joyce. If you do mind me saying this, um, Shovel encourage me. Here's the thing. Joyce has been kind of really open about what God's doing in her life. And, you know, for the last, I guess, six, seven months, God's been dealing with me about all sorts of things. Just, just in that time, you know, I, I've been talking about this time I spend with Jesus. Just in his presence. One, two hours each day. And you know, the incredible thing that's happened there is time after time, he's talked to me about what went wrong. 
all the stuff that's gone wrong. Stuff that wasn't my fault and stuff that was my fault. And when he deals with you in that, you say, how can I ever get past that? Because in my head, I keep coming back to it. Even when I try to bury it and you, you go like, I've forgiven, I've forgiven the earth. Like, let's move on. It's, you know, there's nothing. I, I, I give that to the Lord. And you give it to the Lord, but he's, it still like took a big bite out of you in here. And you say, how, how, do, you, how do you deal with that? And here's, here's the amazing thing. Somehow he's taken it away. Yeah. It's like there's this moment where it's just dealt with. It's not an issue anymore. I believe that as a church right now, in this season, we are learning the most important lesson of our lives. That lesson is this. Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. He's not a peripheral add-on. He's everything. He's not somebody who gets a bit of my life in the hope that he'll bless the rest of my life. He's everything. I want to uh, play you a a video now, and I've been waiting to play this for weeks. But I believe it's something that God wants to do in each of us. I believe he wants to take away all the stuff that's not him. And as you listen to this, here's the question. Am I willing for this to be my prayer? Am I willing for this to be my prayer? Who will I say he is? And will the world see me or will they see him?
Jesus, I surrender. I'm breaking free from everything just to be with you again. And I'm no longer tied to what can't satisfy. So strip it all away. Strip it all away All that tries to steal my heart's affection I don't need it anyway If it leads my eyes astray Lord, only you deserve All of my attention So strip it all away I'm letting go Giving in, Jesus, I surrender. Oh, I'm breaking free from everything just to be with you again, and I'm no longer tied to what can't satisfy. So strip it all away, strip it all away All that tries to steal my heart's affection I don't need it anyway If it leads my eyes astray Lord, only you deserve all of my attention so strip it all away You be the king of my heart Lead me away Take me far from every imposter Till all that's left is you Strip it all
Hey Lord, just strip it all away. Everything that has my heart's attention and is not you. You know, um, I read earlier that passage from Revelation. And it says that Jesus has his own army with him. And they're dressed in white linen. The white linen of righteousness. You know, this is a truth that when you were born again, you were given the righteousness of Christ. The Holy Spirit came to live in you. He's talking about you. But here's the thing. How do we see the righteousness that is in there? How do we get clothed with white, those white robes? We strip everything else away until there is only him. Everything until there is only him. You know, there's so much stuff, isn't there, that's not him. But we need to learn that Jesus is everything. If you want to be fruitful in your life, Jesus is everything. If you want to be, yeah, we have to learn this in the body of Christ. If you want to be successful in ministry, Jesus is everything. Let me caveat that. Something that the, the Holy Spirit said to me. It is not ministry if it is not Jesus. We have to get that. If it's not Jesus, it's not the church he is building. If it's about all sorts of things, if it's about me, if it's about growth, if it's about numbers, if it's about finances, if it's about, I don't know, anything else but Jesus. If the world doesn't hear Jesus, see Jesus and look like Jesus, it's not ministry. It's organization. And the two are not the same. Here's something I wrote down. There are a lot of things that look like they could be Jesus. But there is only one Jesus. There are many counterfeits, but only one Jesus. And you don't want to spend your life climbing whatever ladder you're climbing to get to the top of that ladder and find out at the end of your life, you climbed the wrong ladder. Success in climbing the wrong ladder is failure. You were born again for Christ. 
You gave your life to him. Your life is now his. And he is now yours. If it's not from him, if it's not about him, if it's not filled with him, I do not want it. I do not want it. You might say, well, Mark, you, you haven't left as much with church. <laughs> this, is, this is ministry. This is ministry as Jesus said it were. If Jesus was serious at all by saying, I will build my church, this is what he meant. You get in my face, or I'll get in his face, and then I'll get in your face and tell you what he said to me. The number one thing in any form of ministry, either from the front of church or one-on-one -on -one or in life groups or whatever, the number one thing is we have that time with Jesus, so we bring from that time with Jesus. I don't want opinions. I don't want, like, incredible little Nuggets of scholarship. I want Jesus. I don't want unanointed. I want anointed. I want to hang around people who are anointed to find out what they've discovered about Jesus that I haven't discovered about Jesus yet. Are you getting this? The most important thing is him and to know him. He wants to be successful. I want to be successful. Just a question of what you're successful at, isn't it? You see, Jesus talks about this and he says... The most successful thing in Jesus' eyes is to know him and walk with him. The one who knows him and walks with him. Because we've got his heart. That's success in Jesus' eyes. And you're like, okay, where do, you, where do you get that from, Mark? Just, just go with me. I'm going to John chapter 15. I love John. The others kind of like tell you what Jesus did and John kind of tells you why he did it. <laughs> John chapter 15. Shovel, Shovel loves this passage. He quotes it to me all the time. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, so that it will bear more fruit. I think we're going through a pruning to bear more fruit. 
You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. Let's just pick up a couple of things from that. Here's the first thing. The reward for success in the kingdom is pruning. The reward for success in the kingdom is pruning. The stripping of way of all that gets in the way of Jesus. Because as you do stuff and as you live your life for Jesus, some of that gets carried as baggage. And eventually it will kind of go a bit rotten and a bit decay and, and it will weigh you down and stop the fruitfulness. So the reward of fruitfulness, the reward of success in the kingdom is pruning. To cut away all the dead stuff. The stuff that you do not need to get back to the purity of Christ alone, where Jesus is everything. And then here's the second thing. So verse 5. And Jesus says, let me paraphrase. He says, basically, with me, we're going to do some great things. But without me, you can do nothing. And I said, I said, well, I don't see an awful lot of nothing. I see a lot of people doing a lot of things, a lot of activity, a lot of effort, a lot of money, a lot of kind of cajoling, a lot of all sorts of things, like people burning themselves out for a vision of a goal or something or a career promotion or whatever it is. Here's what Jesus says. Without me, you can do nothing. I'm going like, Jesus, I don't get it. They're doing, we're doing all this. Like, how do I know what to do? What, what's going on? Here's, here's actually how that reads. And it'll help you get it. Without me, you can do nothing. You can do it. You can do nothing. You can do everything, but it counts for nothing. Do you get it? You can do all sorts of things, but without Jesus, it's nothing. You can build the biggest ministry on the planet, and if it's devoid of Jesus, it's nothing. I don't mean the ministry. What I mean is the person fronting the ministry. If they aren't speaking what comes from Jesus, if they aren't speaking his heart, if it's not all about Jesus, and, and if you're encouraged to build up this ministry and go to do this and spend your hundreds of pounds to attend and see these superstars, it's nothing. If Jesus isn't the one we go to see. If we go to see the minister, it's nothing. 
I'm not criticizing the minister. I'm talking about us. If we go to see the person and we'll only go because of the name, it's nothing and counts for nothing. If you go to see Jesus and you see Jesus, it's everything. Do you understand what he's saying now? Why have we spent decades building men? Building fame. Why have we done it? Why do we get caught up in it? It is a problem. It's a ministry problem. There's a lot of things that we do that Jesus didn't tell us to do. The book we read told us to do. Do you understand that? I'm saddened by the day that management techniques invaded the church. See, I shouldn't be the one to set people on fire. I can't do that. The only way I can do that is to get a short, and I could do this, is to get a short-term result by manipulating you guys, by making you feel guilty that you're not on fire enough. And you'll try it hard to get on fire, and then it'll all peter out. Recognize a pattern. The only one that can set you on fire is Jesus in your secret place encountering him. And you bring that fire on a Sunday morning and it inhabits your worship. It inhabits your joy. You carry him even whatever's going on in the world. Why? Because you met him in the secret place. You've met him as you, in the words of Scripture. You've met him in your prayer time. He's come into your room because you waited. And, and if you go, I, I just thought I'm a million miles from that. Here's how simple it is. Jesus, make me hungry for you. Jesus, do a work in my heart. I give you permission to strip away what is stopping me being hungry for you. I give you permission. Take it away. Whatever is in there that is making me not hungry, not excited, not absolutely burning on fire for your heart, Jesus, I give you permission to take it away. And you know, sometimes I've gone, but not that bit. He's got to take it all. There is nothing like Jesus. There is nothing like that fire. The worst mistake you can make with your life is to stand before Jesus and find 
that you made a massive sacrifice of your life on the wrong altar. For somebody else's vision, some businessman's goal, somebody you were trying to please, and you made a massive sacrifice on the wrong altar. And your life is over there when it should be over here. The only vision that we should follow is Jesus. We are not called to be followers or adherents to a vision. We are called to follow Jesus. Christianity, in that sense, is simple. Be with Jesus. Hear Jesus. Do what he said. Hear Jesus. Sorry, be with Jesus, hear Jesus, do what he said. Simple. I'll just touch on one more thing. Because it's a story we all know. I I I I'd lose count of the number of times this has come up in Bible studies or sermons or preachers. It's the story of Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, yeah, I, I, I was telling Roger and Olive this, and you kind of have to define it, because as they pointed out, Mary and Martha are in more than one story. But it's, it's the one when Jesus goes to the house, and Martha's in the kitchen, and she's busy, and she's busy about doing all sorts of things, getting the house ready for Jesus, getting the food ready, getting the party time ready, and everybody else is in the other room. And, and Martha says to Jesus, Jesus, go and tell Mary to come in here and help me. And Jesus says, no, because Mary has this one thing, and I won't take it away from her. And so we say, okay, well, clearly what Jesus is saying is put everything down, do nothing, and just sit at his feet all your life. And man, I have heard so many people teach that. Just, just sit, just rest. All you need is rest. And, you know, here's the problem. We're all so busy, that phrase is the answer to all our problems in our head. I just need more rest. Who needs less rest in this room? Roger, you're retired. <laughs> here's, here's my point. The whole purpose of that isn't to say, just rest, do nothing. Just sit at Jesus' feet. Spend all your time just doing whatever. Okay? That's good. But it's not reality. Even for me, and I'm the pastor, it can't be reality. There's other things to do. What's he saying? He's saying Mary has got the order right. 
Martha, you are doing lots of things, but you are doing them without me. Mary might not be doing as much, but she is doing it with me. Here's the problem. We can do many things. And they can look like Jesus. And they can be good things to do. But if we are doing them without Jesus, they are the wrong things for us to be doing. So first of all, we have to get Jesus for ourselves and then do it with him. Why is that? Well, it's simple. That's what he likes. Jesus likes doing things through us. But when Jesus said, I'll build my church, I don't think he had in mind that we kill ourselves on the altar of building an organization. I think he had in mind that he fills us and he does the work through us. So that when we speak about him, the convicting presence of the Holy Spirit comes into the room with us because we're doing it with him. When, when we worship him, and, and when we minister in music, the, the presence of the Lord fills the place. Why? Because we're doing it with him. And he's there. Whatever we do, whether it's our, our career, our, our parenting, whatever, we can no longer afford to do things where Jesus is not with us. We need to do it with him. The things won't necessarily change, but we'll change. Here's the thing. I no longer want my life tied to that which cannot satisfy. I don't want my life tied to stuff that doesn't satisfy. And you might say, well, Mark, you know, you did this in your career and you've done that and you've done that. Yeah. Okay. But I don't want that to be the definition of my life. I, I want stand in front of Jesus and instead of him saying, I didn't know you, you didn't, you know, I... I you talked a lot about me, but I was never there. I don't want that. I want him to say, I knew you. I knew you. I was there with you. Do you remember when we did that together? Do you remember when I took that pain out of your heart and put you back together? Do you remember that? Do you remember that huge sacrifice you made and you never saw anything from it? Well, I was there with you and I saw what it did. I saw what it did. And you know, you know, son, 
even if it didn't do anything. I enjoyed it that you did it with me, and that's what counts. You did it with me, and that's what counts. Who do you say I am? Am I everything? Am I something? Or am I nothing? Who do you say I am? And everything else, strip it all away. Let's strip it all away. Let's stand. I'll play that song again. Mainly because I like it. But more importantly, so that we have a chance to respond to Jesus. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Do not sing these words because it's a good song. Do not sing these words unless you can mean them. But if these are words that you want to sing and you mean them, then sing them with everything you've got. Amen. to steal my heart's affection I don't need it anyway If it leads my eyes astray Lord, only you deserve all of my attention So strip it all away I'm letting go I'm giving in I surrender I'm breaking free from everything just to be with you again and I'm no longer tied to what can't satisfy so strip it all away strip it all tries to steal my heart's affection I don't need it anyway if it leads my eyes astray Lord only you deserve all of my attention so strip it all away I'm letting go I'm giving in 
Jesus, I surrender. Oh, I'm breaking free from everything just to be with you again. And I'm no longer tied to what can't satisfy, so strip it all away. Strip it all away All that tries to steal my heart's affection I don't need it anyway If it leads my eyes astray Lord, only you deserve All of my attention So strip it all away carry on praying if you want to, to feel free.
and the service. Just as we um, finish here in this this room, um, you know the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us this morning and he's been telling us how Jesus feels, what gives him pleasure. And uh, the scripture that's been going through in my head is, he is my beloved and I am his, and he is mine. And Jesus is saying, come away with me. Come away with me. And as we leave this place, just carry what Jesus has been speaking to us. And this isn't a just today and move on. This is a daily, a daily Jesus. I want to be with you. Anything that's stopping that, just strip it all away. You know, use the song. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. Just play it. Just play it. Just come into his presence. Just every day, just spend time with him. Even just singing that song or other things that the Holy Spirit give us. And let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do. And he will always take us to Jesus. Because... He wants, he wants us, he wants all of us, he wants our heart and he wants us to know his heart and he will do it. You know, in a month's time, if we look back, we'll think, oh gosh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for taking me into that place. And we will be forever changed. We will love him more. You know, he loves us unconditionally 100% and he wants his bride to be with him every day so let him minister to us as we go from this place be with him tomorrow Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday come back Sunday and let's see what he's done I know we'll have testimonies of his love pouring out through us and so we thank you holy spirit we thank you jesus help us in this journey for your glory because you are lord thank you lord amen 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 amen